So let me ask, how many of you love, love, love the Christmas season? Let me see your hands, all right? Some of you are not raising your hands. I'm like, you ought to love Christmas. Um, I remember growing up, and my mind always goes back to growing up as a kid. I didn't grow up in a home where we went to church. And so, like, it took me years and years to even realize what Christmas was about. And so I still, to this day, every Christmas, I'm blown away that there was such a large part of my life where I didn't know that Christmas was about Christ. And I love Christmas. The longer I'm involved and in, in plugged into the body of Christ and the church and getting to come together and celebrate the season with others, man, what a blessing. What an incredible thing that we get to celebrate. And we are celebrating what we call the season of Advent. The word Advent literally means coming. And so in the season leading up to culminating on Christmas Day, we celebrate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me say this also for those of you that have kiddos, um, we have some family Advent guides uh, over in our Next Steps area over in this corner. Um, and those are just a series of four um, family devotionals and activities to go e with each one to celebrate these four themes, hope, peace, love, and joy. Uh, and so if you are interested in that, if you have kiddos or you know someone who might be interested, feel free to grab one uh, on the corner of that, that Next Steps table over there. We'd love you to, for you to take advantage of that. So this series, this Advent series, we're calling Wonder, Wonder which means to be filled with admiration, amazement, or awe. It also means to marvel. And uh, there's a song, I'm going to date myself here, but there's a song um, back in the early 2000s. It was a worship song that I loved. It was called God of Wonders. Does anybody in the room know some old school Christian? Okay, good, good. Uh, there was a version by Third Day. There was a version by Cademan's Call that I loved. Um, we even sang this morning. We sing about the wonders of his love. And so I love this idea of, of wonder because the God that we serve, the God that we worship is a God of, of wonders. And I just want to kick off this morning by reading from Psalm 77. The psalmist says this in verses 11 through 14. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will ponder or I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God. Verse 14, you are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. And so one of the qualities, the characteristics of God is he is, he is unmatched. He is unrivaled in his work, his mighty deeds. And we can only describe him as a God who works wonders. He's a God who performs miracles. And, you know, in the course of everyday life, when you think through 2021, for example, through the days and weeks and the months, January, February, March, all the way up to this point, it's so easy in our everyday life to, to lose our sense of, of wonder, isn't it? That we just get into the mundane details of, of getting through life. And the thing that's so incredible about the Advent season is that Advent stirs up within us again this idea of wonder. Because all the world, man, there's something, everyone knows that there's something magical and marvelous about Christmas and this whole season. And so the themes that we're going to celebrate each week, uh, for the next few weeks, we're going to celebrate hope, peace, 
joy, and love. And so today we're going to focus on the wonder of hope, the wonder of hope. So let me just, again, pray briefly as we kind of jump into the scriptures. Father, thank you for the hope that you bring us in Christ. My prayer today is that you would fill us with hope. Lord, if we have been walking through this week or even this year feeling hopeless, I pray that you would remind us of the amazing hope that we have in Christ. And so, God, would you do that? Would you speak to us? Would you open our hearts today? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The wonder of, of hope. So let me talk a few things about hope. First of all, this. Hope always looks forward. Hope always looks forward. So think about how many times that we use the phrase, I hope, fill in the blank. Uh, I've kind of had this thing this morning where I'm like listening now. I hear myself say, I hope that, or I heard Jake at the end of the first service say, I hope that, like we say that, that phrase all the time. So if you get, we used to have this thing where if you got bored in church, you would start counting the, the number of times a pastor would say a certain word or phrase. Don't do that. Don't get, don't get bored this morning, right? Um, but if you hear the word, I hope, you'll probably hear me say it like at least 10 times this morning. But when we use that phrase, we're we're almost always speaking about something that's in the future, right? I hope that my team wins today, or I hope that I get this particular gift for Christmas, or I hope that it's not too cold today. We don't, we don't, we don't talk about I hope that it wasn't too cold yesterday, right? We don't refer to the past. We, hope is always pointing forward. And so this word that we talked about, Advent, it means coming. So what I want you to think about is in the scriptures, the, the Old Testament people of God, all right, the Jewish people, they, for generations, they were looking forward to something. They were, there was prophecies of something that was to come. You know what they were looking forward to? You know what the prophecies were all about? It's about this coming Messiah, this Christ, this anointed one who would save the people from their sins. In fact, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it's one of these prophecies about the coming child. And it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. And so for generations, the people of God were longing for, they were hoping for this day when this child would be born, this child who was named Emmanuel, God with us. And so they were looking forward to that day when he would come. We sang a song earlier uh, that I love, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. How many of y'all have ever heard that song before? Probably not many. Okay, just a handful. I had never heard that song uh, until last Christmas here because we used it in a video during one of our services during the month of December. And I love that song and I love the, the words to it. So let me just read you kind of the opening verse that we, we sang just a few minutes ago. Come, thou long expected Jesus. And I mean, even in the title, it says it all. What the people of God were crying out for generations was, Lord, come. Messiah, come. We're waiting for you. We're expecting you. We look forward to your coming. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. 
Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart, joy of every heart. And so it was, it's a cry from God's people. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. We're, we're looking forward to you coming. There is a hope that we have in your advent, your coming. And so for the Old Testament people of God, they were longing for his birth. Now for us, we're not looking forward to his birth. We're looking backward, right? We remember and we celebrate the fact that he was was born, but we also look forward. We also place our hope in an advent that is to come. It is his second advent. It is, is his second coming. And we sang about that this morning. We, we don't just celebrate his first advent. We anticipate his second advent. And that's, honestly, that's what we're going to do in just a few minutes as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We remember what he has done and we anticipate, we look forward to, we put our hope in his coming again. And so hope always looks ahead. It's always about the future. It always looks forward. All right, with that in mind, let me remind you, or let me tell you maybe for the first time this, that hope has come, hope is here, and hope has a name. Hope has come, Hope is here, and hope has a name. And I want to read you Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. I kind of refer to this or think of this as like the Christmas card scripture. All right, so if you pick out a Christmas card, there's a good chance that it'll have, if it has scripture on it, it'll have Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. And here is, again, another prophecy to that coming one, that child who is going to be born. Verse number 6, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name, and we could spend weeks just on his name here, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And so, again, we could spend time on his name Those four titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But there's another name, a common name that we know him by. This child who would be born, his name is Jesus, the Christ, the Saving One. And hope is found in him. He is the promised one who is to come. He is the one who came to bring hope. And that hope wasn't just available at the manger. Hope came at the manger, but hope is here and hope is available right now. Here is the reality. Everybody needs hope, right? Everybody needs hope. This, it, hope is a universal idea. It's a universal term. It's a universal thought. But, but here's the truth. I can't give you hope without giving you Jesus. I can't give you hope without giving you Jesus. Now, if you're struggling, I may be able to talk to you and make you smile. I may be able to uh, brighten your day, or I may be able to lighten your load, but that's only going to be temporary. The kind of hope that we're talking about, 
that is eternal, that lasts forever, that lasts, is a hope that comes from Jesus. I can't give you hope that lasts without giving you Jesus. And I want you to see Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, chapter 12. This, this is Paul writing here, and he's talking about our, our BC life before Christ, before coming to faith in Jesus. He says this, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no what? Having no hope and without God in the world. Here's what he says, that when you were apart from Christ, before you ever put your faith in him, you had no hope. Not just your future looked a little bleak. He said, you were without hope and without God in the world. Because without Christ, we have no hope And I know that's not a warm and fuzzy kind of, hey, Merry Christmas kind of a message. But but the good news is this, is that hope has come at the manger, but hope is here now. And hope is available to everyone who would put their faith in Jesus. Hope has come, hope is here, and hope has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. And hope is only found in him. So hope always looks forward. Hope has come. Hope is here. Hope has a name. In light of those those things, here's a third thing. Hope is ours for the taking and also for the giving. Hope is ours for the taking, but the season is all about, about giving, not just receiving. And hope is ours for the taking and also for the giving. So we don't have to just sing about Hope And I love, like, I think there was a day when I didn't love Christmas carols and Christmas music. Um, but man, again, coming to Jesus and understanding the words that we sing, like the first line of Joy to the World, I was like, man, what an amazing thing that we sing. And half the world sings and doesn't even know the hope of which they, they sing about. But we don't have to just sing about hope and we don't have to just long for or wish for hope we can actually receive hope. And we can not just receive hope, we can walk in hope. And I wanna share another passage of scripture with you that uh, is amazing. Romans chapter 15, Uh, it's a great chapter, but I just wanna share a few verses with you. Romans 15, verses four through seven. Again, the apostle Paul writing here, and here's what he says in verse number four. For whatever was written in former days, and what he's, what he's speaking or referring to is Old Testament scriptures or the things that were written to the people of God in the past and days gone by. Whatever was written in former days was written, why? For our instruction to teach us, to help us to learn that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have what? We might have hope. All the stuff that is written in the word, he says, was written for our instruction so that through endurance that we can endure and through the encouragement that we receive from the word of God that we could have hope. Verse number five, 
May the God of endurance, another title, another name for God, the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And I love this because he speaks to this this God of endurance and encouragement who, who brings us together. And when we sing and when we lift our voices with one voice, we glorify God and it encourages us and it gives us hope. Why? Because he is the source of hope. And I've been thinking a lot this week about hope. Uh, not just because I'm a pastor and I'm preparing a sermon on hope. Um, I've just been thinking about it a lot. Because I've, I've had to meet with a family this week who just lost a child. And so how do you find hope? How do you find hope in the grip of grief? And how do you find hope in the struggle against sin? I had a friend who just reached out to me and said, would you pray with me? I'm struggling with this. And would you just pray with me over that? How, and my mind went to, how do you find hope in the midst of the struggle against our sin and our flesh and the things that we, we wrestle with? And how do you find hope when you're weary, when you're tired, when you're worn out, when you're drained? How do you find hope? And I can't give you some elaborate, incredible answer. All I can give you is the reality of what the scriptures say is that the way that we get hope is we get it from the source of hope. If you look down further in Romans 15, it says this. And what Paul does here is he, excuse me, he points out that, give me a second here. Let me make sure I'm, am I good? Okay. Um, he points out that Christ is the hope of Jews and Christ is the hope of Gentiles. He is the hope of all the earth. And in verse number 12, he says this, and he points back to some of those things that were, were written. He says in verse 12, again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. You know who the root of Jesse was? It's Jesus. The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles, what? Hope. He is the one in whom all the earth will hope. Verse number 13, don't miss this. This is a prayer for, the, for all the people. It says, may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope he is the God of hope. He is the source of all hope. And I don't know if you caught some of the words here, very descriptive, specific words. He is the source of hope. He is the God of hope. He is able to not just give you a little bit, a little sprinkling of, of hope. No, he is able to fill you. He's able to fill you with all joy and peace. He is the one who is able to make you abound in hope. Not that you just have enough to get by. He says, I am, I am the one who is the source of hope who will make you overflow, that you'll be 
full and overflowing with hope. I am the one. I am the God of hope. And I don't, I don't, let, let's look at it again. I don't, I don't know if you catch like, the ramifications here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. What he says here is that when you believe, when you trust, when you put all of your faith in Christ and you believe, what happens is you unleash or you unlock the power of this, the Holy Spirit who is able to fill you. And he's able to fill you with joy and peace and having joy and peace fill you, you then abound in hope. How do you get that hope? You go to the God of hope who is able to fill you. And so to have lives filled with hope, we need the scriptures and we need the spirit of God, the one who is the author of hope. He is the one who applies that hope to our hearts. And we don't just get hope, man, we give it. Here's the, the truth about us as the people of God is that followers of Jesus, if there's something that should define us, it should be that we are people of hope. That we are people of hope. That, that we are hope dealers. That like this is the business that we work in, that we deal out, we dish out hope to others. Because we're not just called to celebrate a season of hope, we're called to live lives of hope, that we are people that are full of hope and that it fills us and that it overflows from our lives. And again, we can't give that kind of hope without Jesus, without him filling us with that hope. And so let me, let me ask you a really practical, simple, but difficult question this morning. Are you a hopeful person? Are you a hopeful person? And what I mean is, are you optimistic? Are you expectant? Are you cheerful? Are you confident? Is there a hope that undergirds your life, that drives what you do because you have this future hope? Are you a hopeful person? And if you are not, here's the good news you can allow the God of hope to fill you with hope. He is the author of hope. You can go to the word of God. You can go to the God of the word. You can go to the God of hope and he can fill you with joy and peace that in believing you may abound in hope. And I actually, I, I used that prayer this week when I sat down with this, this mom who was trying to find hope. And I don't know how to give hope in those moments, except to say that there's a God of hope who can do something that I can't do. And I can't give you the words that are gonna bring you hope, but the God of hope, if you would believe and trust him and put the full weight of your life upon him, he will, he will undergird your life. He will give you hope. He will fill you with joy, with peace that passes all understanding. He will help you to abound in a hope that is beyond this lifetime. 
because he is the God of hope. And so if you are not a hopeful person, let him fill you with hope. This season, open yourself up to wonder. Open yourself up to believe, to trust, to have faith in Christ. And when we look back to that baby that was born, realize that the baby was born to bring you hope. And so we can walk in the wonder of hope. Amen? And so this morning, we want to celebrate his first advent. We want to anticipate his second advent by taking the Lord's Supper together.